This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I want to tell you a story. It's a story that might be very familiar to you, given the times that we're in, but it's not the story that you'd expect. So take a listen to this one, and some of the names have been changed to protect the innocent. In business... Acting with integrity is a very important thing. Do what you say you're going to do is one of the most important core concepts that we have, not even in business, but as an individual, as you're sitting there listening to me, the alignment of your actions and your words is very important. That can also be said for your business. Over the last couple of years, I've had the ability to get insight on a business that brings in billions of dollars every year and charges millions of dollars per year to their clients to give them advice. Now, as you sit here, listening to me, whether it's in your car, in your office, walking your dog, which news alert, that's usually when I listen to podcasts, that is the thing that we look for the most and that inauthentic nature of a company or a person that does what my dad told me once, do what I say, not what I do. That's very disheartening. And it's even more disheartening when that individual or company puts themselves forward as the model for the best way to do that thing. And some of you may know people that do that. You know, it's similar to living a double life in a way. I'm not relating it to cheating or something along those lines, but it's inauthentic to say the least. It'd be akin to your therapist needing counseling. You know, that's something that I know probably happens somewhat regularly, but. It's not what you're looking for in an elite counselor. And as you're sitting there, let me ask you a question. Let's say that you run a business that does under $10 million a year. Pretty good business, but you know that there's operational inefficiency inside of your business. When there's a project that needs done, There just feels like there's a lot more friction than needs to be there. And by the way, not a judgment, not casting dispersions. God knows I've been there too. But in that moment where you're in the meeting checking in on how John or Susie did during the week and what kind of progress was made, and you see that it just wasn't to the level that you want. So... As the leadership team, you push back. We need this stuff all done. And matter of fact, I want to see the first right of it. I want to see revisions of it. And I want to see those things. As you're sitting here, it might say, hey, you know, that kind of makes sense. You know, if things aren't getting done, 
leadership needs to take a more active role. But what if in that universe of things, as time progresses, the culture became that the managers need a lot of input in what their people are doing? And now let's also imagine for a minute that there's not a clear line of demarcation. So your workers, Susie and John, they're in different departments. There's also, I mean, make up a name, a Fred, a Bob, a Jane. But what if that one worker then had five people that wanted to review their work before it was submitted? How would that impact your productivity? Like there'd be a lot of things getting done, but would your company actually be producing the deliverables that they need? You know, maybe they would. But in order to do that, they'd require their workers or you'd require your workers to have their phone by them 24-7. You'd require them to work nights, weekends, early mornings, wouldn't you? And you'd have to do that because things need done, but we're not right there. And we're not right there because of the additional layers of bureaucracy that we've created. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Now, inside of your business, as you're hearing that, maybe some of that rings true for what you're doing. And if it does and you're okay with it, perfectly fine. You know, go forward and prosper. But for many of the people that I consult for. That's the antithesis of what they want because it's a very emotional, capital laden way to do things. It's very stressful. It has friction points. It doesn't feel smooth. It doesn't feel calm. It doesn't feel productive. And inside of this business that I'm talking about, there's a lot of that. And I know that there's a lot of that because I get to see it, not as an employee, but as the partner for an individual that does. And inside of your business, how many of your employees' spouses have a good impression of your business where they say ABC Medical or John's Roofing, really good people. They take care of their folks. They get stuff done. I'd hope that it's everybody. I mean, the facts of, you know, the law of large numbers says that that probably isn't going to be the case as your organization grows. But what are you doing inside of your business to streamline the process? I'll go back to the roofing example because I grew up on a construction site. Is the owner on the job site? Probably not a good thing. You know, in the Marine Corps, we used to say you want to be as far away from the flagpole as possible. And in business, the owner should be at the flagpole. They shouldn't be out in the field because they're the commanding general. They're operating the business. They shouldn't be checking on, you know, did you double joist that wall or probably not the right analogy. Forgive me. But you get the idea. And The foreman should only be giving guidance. Hey, we need to get this wall put up. We need to get this side of the roof patched up before we put shingles on. The foreman's job 
is to make sure that people are operating at maximum efficiency. It's not their job to micromanage them. And in so many businesses, I've seen that. I saw it in my dad's business with his construction, uh, technically stepdad. And my dad, I saw that in his automotive. When people can't delegate down properly and trust the people that they've hired, that means two things. One, you have a business that might never be able to be sold and you'd have to be working in it for the rest of your life because it's personality driven. The other option is your hiring process is broken and you don't have the right people in the right seats. And as I say that, you're thinking, oh, well, you know, these lower level people, it very well could be the manager too. And I would posit that it most likely is. You see, an analogy that I like to use, and there's a couple different ways to put it, but the speed of the leader is the speed of the team is something that we talked about when I was a platoon sergeant in the Marine Corps. And I went through having a couple different platoon sergeants. They all had their own unique flavor. Some were really cool. Some were very strict. Some focused on checking the boxes, making sure that we were compliant. Well, when I came to be platoon sergeant, I wanted to make sure that my people were lethally effective at their jobs and they did not need me there to do it. And I did that because in a combat situation, I could very well be killed and somebody needs to be able to operate. When I was in Iraq, the reason that I received the medal and commendation that I did was because I cross-trained my people, gave them the commander's intent and how to operate. And I had very junior enlisted people doing officer billets in a combat environment because I was able to enculturate them and then empower them and most importantly, trust them. And when you don't have the capability to do that inside of a business, and again, not saying that your business does, but I'm very poignantly looking at one business in particular when I say this, if you're not hitting your numbers and you think that you're overstaffed, you might be overstaffed. And the natural thing to do is say, hey, you know, we need to cut payroll. So you're going to lay a lot of people off. But what if I told you that those people that you're laying off, 90% of them probably aren't the problem because usually layoffs don't affect managers. The establishment protects itself. Of course it does. These, these are the people, they're the most committed part of our team. And what if I told you that they're probably the ones that are why you're not hitting your numbers. What if the leadership team you've assembled doesn't have the right people in the right seats? And what if the culture inside of the business has a, an air of sycophant to it where everybody wants to be perfect and nothing less than is acceptable? Now, that might sound cruel. And to be fair, in a well-run organization, there's a standard of excellence that's maintained. But if you don't have the proper culture behind it inside of the business, the people that are in leadership might start to be, you know, they're kind of your buddies, they're kind of your friends. And we might not hold accountable when the standards aren't being met. Or if there's a slight difference in how they're doing it compared to 
the ideal, well, that's okay. They, they've got their own way to do it. And I understand where one would come from. I have been in that position myself. But if you're not hitting your numbers and everyone seems really busy, it might be that they're just not being efficient because of the systems and processes put in place. And this company that I'm looking at right now, they're about to lay off quite a few people, but I don't think they're laying off the right people. And think about it inside of your business. Do you have people on your team that are doing good work? Maybe it's possible, but are they doing the right kind of work? Are they getting the most out of their people? Is there a smoothness and ease to the way that their departments are run? And if there's not, there's a good chance that we don't need to let go of the folks at the bottom. There's a good chance that we have somebody in the wrong seat up at the top. It's something that I had a very poignant conversation with one of my clients about a few months ago. And this individual, fantastic, fantastic person, but didn't have the structure and the parts and the pieces in place. And because of that, most of the people were operating in a state of controlled chaos where they were handling issues as they came up and there wasn't a clear structure and a clear path to success. And this individual wanted to let go of all of his staff, start over. But this would be the second, maybe third time that that happened. And I gave the advice that you, you can't do that. And he's like, why not? Well, because at this point, there's a trend. And that trend says that none of these individuals were given the proper tools to be successful. And since that's the case, in good conscience, I can't say that those are the wrong people for the seat because we don't have a proper process in place for them to be successful. And that turned things around. It changed the hiring mentality and we're going through and adapting and fixing processes so that they're more efficient. But inside of your business, take an honest look at where the friction points are. If reports need done, if new initiatives need completed and they're not getting done on time and the way that you want them, take a look at your process and take a look at your leadership structure. Take a look at how many people are overseeing the work of your direct reports. It should be one. Is it more than that? And I bring this up because the company that I'm looking at will charge you no less than $500,000 to sit down with you to see what your problem is. My fee is nowhere near that, by the way, just saying. But this company charges millions and millions of dollars telling people what to do when internally they don't have any of those processes in place and they don't do it. It's a rotten culture because it's a dog-eat-dog world in there. Inside of your business, I hope that you never have that as well, but we're going to be hearing some news about this company in the consulting space and it's going to be very interesting to see how they recover from the layoffs that they do because I'm 99% certain they're not going to fix the core inefficiencies inside of their business. And it's a part for you to think about. 
if a company that charges millions of dollars to fix other businesses has the internal problems that they do, maybe you as a smaller company can create a more efficient model than your larger competitors. And this goes outside of the consulting space. It can go to the roofing space, the medical space, the financial space, whatever your business is. If you have the ability to look at the friction points and remove them, you're going to be able to get the right people in the right seats and you're going to be able to outperform your competitors. I hope you found this valuable. I'm sorry that it had to be somewhat vague, uh, but there are reasons. Uh, Fair to say in one of the next few episodes, I'll probably not have the delimiters put on that I do, but we'll save that for another day. I hope you found value in the story that I shared today. And if I did, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or Facebook. It's Mike Demo. Uh, You can connect with me on my website, growwithdelta.com. And if you do me the favor and the honor, we've been growing the podcast very well over the last few months. And in this critical time for small businesses to be successful, I want to share the tips and tricks that helped me grow my business over 100% during the last recession that we had. So please feel free to share, like, review. It's all helping and it's all going to make a positive impact for the folks that listen. Thanks so much. Have a great day.